0: Well, let me start off with prayer first uh, before I get started. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this opportunity that you've given me to, to share on something that is deeply troubling in many communities. Father, I pray that you would give me the strength to, um, to preach what I've, I've learned, what I've studied, and Lord, that you would bring many out of this movement, Father. Lord, give me the strength, Lord. As we sung about God's grace, God's grace indeed is what we need, Father. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, so today we are going to be discussing a movement that is referred to as the black Hebrew Israelites. Now, if you call them that, they will get offended because they believe that it's, you're being redundant. Why would you say black, black, right? Uh, So just, just the caveat, if you were to ever engage with them, they'll say, don't call me black Hebrew Israelite. Call me an Israelite or Hebrew Israelite. Um, I do want to note because I just want to, you have a question? Yeah, yes. I mean, just based on what you just yep. brought up, what about the term Hebrew Israelite? I mean, isn't that kind of being redundant at the same time? And you will have some that say that. Okay. Just call okay. me an Israelite. You know, so you will have that as well. Well, it's just the coin that was turned, like a lot of them will get offended, a lot of what I call the min- millennial Hebrew Israelites, they'll, <laughs> they'll get offended by that term, but if you go to the 90s, you see some of the earlier camp members, I'll, I'll be talking about in a second, they use that term frequently. It wasn't something that was coined by the government, as they'll say, no, they freely use this term, black Hebrew Israelites, and so, with that, how many have ever heard of black Hebrew Israelites? Show of hands? Yep, quite a bit, right? Okay. How many have ever engaged with one? Right. So look around the room. You see, right Many people are, have heard about this group, but few have actually dialogued with them. And uh, I do want to give a warning because of that, because a lot of the things that I'll be sharing, a lot of the things that I'll be uh, hold on, I'll get to you in a second a lot of the things I'll be sharing, a lot of things I'll be presenting is going to be absolutely ridiculous. I'll go out and say that. Um, this religion is, I think, is the most insane cult group I've ever encountered. I, I'm not even being stretching. But with that is a tendency for us to say, I'm not going to deal with them. I imagine that's how it was when Mormonism first started off, right? Um, people like, man, you're going to be a god on your own planet? All right, these, this cult will be done in five years, right? I'm not even going to deal with you. Well, Mormonism is, Mormonism is still here today. So if we as the body— you know, if, you know, I don't want to be AHA about it and say everybody needs to do this, but if you feel pressed about it, right, that that's that's what my uh, goal is to to those to present this information to those who are have a concern. Um, because guess what? Mormonism didn't have when or the, the black Hebrew Israelites have that Mormonism doesn't. The Internet. <laughs> Just imagine if Mormonism had the Internet, how radically exploded they would have been. And so th- I do want to caveat that warning. You have a question? Yeah, they would be, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what particular camp or uh, what kind of black Hebrews are like, but uh, yeah, they they would claim to be, yeah. So you can see like just from their attire, right, uh, they look like the Jewish shaft, right? I mean, you know, dressed up, you know, in Afrocentric, you know, this and verbat- things like that. Um so you know a movement is making headway when celebrities are starting to embrace it. Maybe you guys have heard of Grammy Award-winning artist Kendrick Lamar. Uh, any R and B fans? Boys to Men. Um, Amari Stardemeyer. So, and and those are different types of uh, Hebrew Israelites. But they got they got right when Scientology had Brad Brad Pitt right and. Um, Tom, sorry, Tom Cruise and Will Smith, right? That got them notoriety. And so they are getting their celeb status. Um, so let me let, me, let, me, uh, let you guys know my, my goal and my intention in this first session. I want to give a his- historical um, approach to where do they come from? Who are they? What are the influences? Because contrary to what they'll tell you, this didn't just drop out of the sky there's a organic um, paper trail. And I think that paper trail is interesting because they deny it, their influences. And so I want to get into the psychology. Like what would cause someone to get on the street corner and yell to the to a white person coming coming across that God hates you and you're going to be sold into uh, uh, slavery and captivity like we were? What would cause someone to, to do that? So we're going to talk about those things. And then maybe if we have enough time, get into a little of their theology. And so what I want to do right now is play a small clip because it's actually an encounter with me, me and Brother Bess, me and Brother Jared. We go out and we uh, engage a group called One Body Yehowishai. Um They're a group down and down. Yeah, I know, right, that name. And I'll discuss why they have that name later because it goes into a little of their theology, right? Most of them, most camps, will get offended when you call, call Jesus, you know, so they don't like that, right? The letter J wasn't invented till 500 years ago. Why are you calling them Jesus, right? So, but Jerusalem, right? But anyways, <laughs> you know, they want to be, you know, it doesn't make sense, but tribal Judah. But we're, I'm going to play this clip because, <laughs> I'm going to play this clip because in it, it shows a couple things, how they engage, but you can see a little glimpse of their theology, just so I want to play this real quick. Do like to beat your back okay. so, I'm going to make you my slave, you know that? Okay, yeah. so, let me show you what you brought to Spain. You with these devils, yeah. man. And these devils proud to be with their enemy, man. That's right. Read the right quick uh this book of 1st Michael B. Chapter 1 and verse 11. In those days, with the world of Israel, wicked men. those are wicked men, man. And so <laughs> you can get why, right? Yeah, it is a little humorous. It is a little humorous, and you can see why. Now, imagine that for about four hours, because yeah. wow. that's literally what happened. Four about, uh, these brothers can witness witnessed, this, every time we talk, every time we make a valid point, uh, you're a homosexual. We all know Christians are homosexuals, right? So that was kind of their ar- argument argumentation with this, and you know... We tried to deal with them for about four hours. It was literally that. I mean, they got energy, right? I mean, (laughs) he is in his 50s doing this. So what would cause this man to do these things, you know? So I want to start with first, because a lot of times people ask me, where did this originate? Well, you can definitely see some influences in the late 1800s. Now, I say influences, not this. No, let, let's let's be, because they'll try to use that as, oh, see, we were we were around then. Well, no, because the men that were teaching, the first men to teach that, you know, that the blacks were uh, Israelites was a man, a couple of men named F.S. Cherry and William Saunders Crowdy. They actually have a congregation that are still alive to this day. Uh, so there was, you know, during that time period, um, men claiming that the blacks were the true Israelites. But I want to start actually with a man named... Wentworth Matthews Matthew. He some may call him, you may hear him be called uh Rabbi Matthew. He was a, you know, a black black Jew, you know. Um, he actually uh he was born in eighteen ninety-two. Uh he was the founder of what is uh, a group called the Commandment Keepers. Maybe anyone's ever heard of that. Uh, in Harlem, New York in nineteen nineteen. He formed the group called the Commandment Keepers. So he was in Judaism. But I guess him teaching that the blacks were the true Israelites didn't go so well in those rabbinic circles. They did away with him, and so he went out, formed his own own group called the Commandment Keepers. Um, it was it was believed that he was uh, taught by no. Tha- okay, no, that's the uh, next guy. But he so how I believed he started getting influenced by some of these. I'll, I'll talk about how I believed he started getting influenced. So in this time period, right after, the you know, um, Harlem was a migration culture of where you had Jews migrating and a lot of blacks from the South starting to migrate. What I believe what happened is he encountered these guys for the first time and just got sucked into their culture. A lot of, the, you'll see early on too, a lot of these guys come out of Christian Christianity, and so maybe they were just fed up with the nominalism that was going on, started getting embraced, right? I mean, because... A lot of that can be, like, you know, important by embracing a a more Jewish culture. People feel more Im- important by speaking, even speaking, you know, the Hebrew name of God. They feel like that's more more important. And so you can see that definitely with him. Um, one thing, he rejected the New Testament. Uh, so he was what's called Tanakh only. He rejected the, the New Testament. And so next guy is a name man named Abba Bivens now you, he, you may hear him refer to as Iber Ben Yamin um, but he is actually what I would say is the grounds to the movement if, uh, Matt Rab- if, if Matthews is the Rabbi Matthews is a influence here's where I could say like where you can initially go Abba Bivens um, so he was initially taught that he was an Israelite by an ex-slave in the south and so on his way up to New York, I don't know how he came to this conclusion, but he ran into Native Americans and said, so are they. Pretty much, that's how it goes. So he was actually the first person to say that Native Americans are Israelites as well. So you'll see a lot of times they'll use this type of language, that the so-called blacks, so-called Native, Amer- Native Americans, and so-called Hispanic man today are the Israelite people. You'll see, you'll hear like something like that, because they, they reject. You saying black man, they'll say so-called black man. And so, right, they're not black, right, from their language. We're not black, we're Israelites. And so you'll see that language coming off. Um, so he joined with, with uh, Rabbi Matthews. And so, right, so you see this, like I said, this paper trail of Judaism being their heavy influences. And so he joined with Matthews. Um, the reason why they split is not known to this day. Some people believe that it was because Bivens accepted the New Testament. I have my doubts about that. Um, I believe he just used the New Testament, but he didn't ever affirm it as inspired by God. But he was willing to use it uh, because he knew Christians would, right? Black Christians would. So kind of as a, a sticking point, a meeting point, he would use the New Testament for that reasons. Um, so Abba Bivens is... is uh, and let me show this picture. On the right, Abba Vivens, right? That was the, looks like the picture before. You can see that similarity. On the left is Arya. Now, <laughs> Arya is still alive today. Uh, Arya, it's going to be very interesting because the movement he is in is, it's, it's pretty, y- yeah you know, the movement he is in is led by a man who claims to be actually the, the, the comforter. He claims to be the Holy Spirit, I guess, incarnated. So that's why I, all I'm doing here, I'm not, so, right, this doesn't prove they're false. It just shows they're, these, all these things stack up against them, right? Influence of the Judaism, uh, uh, a guy who um, shows very little discernment, Aria. So this picture, word on the street is, this is a um, um, a picture of, Aria's Bar bar Mitzvah. So, right, you can see them. I've heard other people say other things, but all people affirm that this is some kind of rabbinic tradition he is practicing. So here, right, you see the very Jewish uh, leanings early on in their influences. Um, Some of the older, older uh, leaders of camps will be like, yeah, we do have, um, you know, those influences, you know, but more of the, what I affirmed as the millennial black Hebrew Israelites, they think they, that, hey, that this has just always been around. The Apostle Paul was going around teaching this stuff. Um, so, um, yeah. Oh, I, I forgot to say one thing. How Abba Vim has died. He um, were on the street of us. He was a self-proclaimed boxer. Uh, he was a rowdy man. One time he was uh, preaching on the street corner like we would. Some guy was heckling him. Bop, you know, gave him one to the chin. Well, that didn't work out too well once he got a little older because I don't know if those were the same Muslims. And I don't know what type of Muslims. They could have been Nation of Islam. It could have been 5%ers. I don't think they were the Orthodox uh, Muslims, but they stabbed him. And he died on the way to the hospital. So after his uh, departure, you have what's called the seven heads. So you had a question? It's just another conscious movement there's another you know black conscious movement yeah (laughs) right so that's that's funny you say that because it'll it'll be a little ironic that this is a very western doctrine they'll claim that it goes back to um yeah they'll claim that it's very ancient and they just you know You'll, you'll see in a second. Right. So on the left is an older picture of uh, Arya. That's him as an older man. And on the right is a gentleman named Mashah. I'll talk about him in a second. And still on the bottom is, is Arya. So you can see he's older, but he's still in the streets. Um, and so that's that. So the difficult part of this assignment is showing all the various splits that happen okay so you have Abba Bivens right he starts the commandment keepers okay um then you have what is called the four high priest um you have that with uh Mashah Yaquab Arya and Shar now so all these names you be like where are they getting these names right this I know they weren't born with these names right no, they weren't. <laughs> um, I'll explain that later with with their language, which is called Qudash um, Kodash. Just to show how how Jewish they are, and and they 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 despise Ju- Judaism. One um, of one of the, one of the uh, terms they'll call Jewish people, and um, you know, over over you know, Jews on across the land, they'll say, "Yeah, real Jews, right?" Uh, they'll call them Yiddiots. Yiddish. Yeah, so you can see how corrupt their mind is. But um, let me explain this. So the original school was called Israeli school. The ori- original school was called the Israeli school. The Israelite school became later to be known as the Israelite school of universal practical knowledge, or or what is known, uh, sometimes abbreviated as ISUPK. Now that is the original name, but the but the people who have that group today are not the original school. They are a branch. They just happen to brand the name. I'll explain that in a second. Um, you may sometimes hear it referred to as I-C-U-P-K. Now, um, rather than Israelite school, some had it as Israelite church. Now, that's a very controversial uh, thing in israelite communities because they believe in taking the mark of the beast is like saying you're a church uh having that right those tax exemptions right like so but they did that so okay so Masha, he claimed to be king david you see the little uh so they are they believe in reincarnation we'll when we get more into theology um we'll see that so yeah he, he claimed to be king david yaquab it's actually Ariah's father. So Yike, Ariah, Ariah is a second generation Hebrew Israelite. So he was I, birthed into this somewhat. Um, and so there was a split, right? I guess people didn't like this gentleman called King King David. So they split off and called their camp House of David, right? I mean, they should have just called it House of Mashah because that's really what it was named after. So there was another split, you see up, up up here with ICUPK. Um with and the reason why this split happened was because just like most cults, there was a failed prophecy. In the year 2000 and there's numerous clips. Every last camp taught this. So you'll see where they'll they'll try to they'll try to wiggle around like oh we weren't t-. every camp taught this. Every camp taught that they believe that Yahweh Shai was going to come back in the year 2000, January 1st, 2000. I have numerous clips. I didn't want to bring them. Numerous clips of all these camps teaching this. And, you know, some of the ways they'll try to get around it, you know, they'll try to bring the Jonah, you know. Well, Jonah got it wrong. Well, no, he didn't. It was a warning to the people, you know. Jesus. So. Yeah, so they got, so this is actually the original school. It's called ICGJC, Israelite Church of God in Jesus Christ. They are the original school. You see the man in that yellow? That's Tazadakia. He's the man that claims to be the comforter. What is interesting about that is Aryah, like the brainchild of this movement, is in that camp till this day. And so it leans for questions, right, if other Israelites, right, like, questions that should be running in your mind, if God, because he claims that an angel appeared to him. Guess what? The angel had a perfect afro too, like, you know, so, (laughs) you know, so this angel appears to him, tells him all these teachings, gives him the 12 stripes chart, gives him the language, gives him the breakdowns. That's what they usually call like their interpretation, the breakdown. Um, Why would he send you to be with a man who claims to be the Holy Spirit and there's a video of him. He's not ashamed about this. Uh, I know I've sent it to you um, where this gentleman claims to be the Holy Spirit. So out of House of David, back to the left, there was actually another sp- a split in the House of David where you had Zabak, House of Israel. I actually do not know much about that gentleman. Um, but t- then you had Tahar, GMS, which is called Great, Great Millstone. I think they get that phrase out of uh, Revelation 18. And then you have Nathaniel. You'll see actually up there, that's like his Lashawan Kodash name, but he actually doesn't really buy into that. So IUIC doesn't really, uh, I mean, even in their name, Israelite United in Christ, you know, you can kind of see the camps that are more um, into that Lashawan Kodash language. Um, So IUIC is actually probably one of the more polished camps they would be one of the more professional, especially, like, in their branding. They look, even if you see them on street, they'll usually be very militant and military. um, Respectable in that sense. Uh, Tahar, he's actually one of the, um, I'll say, most likable people in the sense of just his character. The guy is, like, always relating something to a movie. Like, you know that one, one guy in that one movie, but he's always doing that, you know. But, but it's kind of crazy because though he's the most likable, he's actually there. That GMS is actually the most extreme in their doctrine. All right, folks be brace yourself. They have something what's called a rape doctrine where in the kingdom. Now they'll say in the kingdom, right? Not now you're going to have as many as you want. And as young as you can have them, there's multiple videos of him saying that, um, but I'm like, what if somebody gets overzealous? Like, are y'all going to stop him? And th- he was like, no. And so, though they say it's in the kingdom, I don't think they would just stop a dude if he was going to go do that. Um, my opinion. So out of ICGJC, there was another split, and these splits aren't like hundreds of years. These, it's only been six, six, sixty-nine that this group had really had their, like, inauguration, I would call it. Like, people ask, like, where, where would I pin it down? Probably, like, 69, uh, 1969. So, in this sh- and this was, like, I mean, early, you know. And so out of that, you have, uh, you see, General Johanna. And they always have, like, these unbiblical, like, offices, like general or chief priest, hi- you know, like guerrilla, you know. It's like, why do they go by these names? Lieutenant, I don't know. But he holds I-S-U-B-K. See, see see, what I mean about the name? He has the original name, but it's not the original school. The original school goes back to Aria. E. And so he broke away from I-C-G-J-C. You can see, like, all these abbreviated names, it can be hard to keep up with. So if y'all are confused, don't worry. There's many people who don't get what I'm sharing. At this man on the right... He is a Gathering of Christ Church. You actually might have seen him if you've actually watched The Dividing Line. He debated Dr. James White. So that's the gentleman right there. His name is Elder Raka uh, Shaya. And funny enough, they're the most, if if I was to scale all these groups from like a one to ten, actually I would probably start at a five because I don't believe any goes be- past that. They're the actually the most, they're, they would be about a five. GMS would be about 11, and so they actually get made fun of by other camps, and they call them Christian, like, oh, y'all just, because they, they actually do water baptism, they uh, they have uh, Gentiles in their church, even though it's a hierarchy still, they'll still have them in the camps. Yes? Um, are you, I don't know if you're going to get into all the different there, but do they see each other as, like, unified in some way, like, uh, they don't cast each other out? No. There is no heresy ultimately in these camps. Only heresy is becoming a Christian, ultimately. So there will be a guy teaching the Holy Spirit; <laughs> he's the Holy Spirit, and the guy in that camp, and they'll be like, they won't downcast. They won't be like, man, that dude's now they'll say he's wrong, but then they'll be like, he's still my brother, you know. They want to anathematize like this dude's heresy. He's not. He's not in the body. You won't see a lot of that. It's very rare. So because, right, if, if being right with God is by, you know, being an Israelite, it's secondary issues. So it's like disagreeing on baptism, you know, like, hey, he's still my brother. But for them, there is no anathemas like that. Yes. <laughs> King James Bible and... and you got to have one of these. You got to have this. Apocrypha. King James Bible, and I'll explain why in a second. But you got to so most of these most of these guys are King James only-ists. only the King James No, they, they w- yeah, they would say New Testament. Yeah, they would there's say there's only new. one camp he had mentioned that wasn't about the, new, uh, the one guy who the new Testament. Yeah, so so there are some camps uh I'll I'll get into that in a second. 'Cause uh there are some camps that are Tanakh uh, only and they're more the non one west. I'll get into that in a second. So a lot of people ask me, well how many are there? Um, there's no way to find out. No way. Yes. Um, the, all the pictures that you shown so far I seen any women. So what's with that? That's sad. Because usually the women are the mistreated and the abused. In these camps, they're the ones that usually leave. And, uh, they usually leave? yeah, I mean, there are pictures of women, but, um, usually like that, the, they kind of have this abusive view of leadership. Like, woman, you don't, like, don't, like, they take that passage, like, literally, you don't say anything, you know, you, are they you don't, religious? yeah, they are. most camps are so most camps so you'll see maybe a bundle of women but they are like they don't talk so you can see an abuse of that or or let me let me let me rephrase that they're not polygamous there's another term for that cuz polygamous implies that the it's okay for the woman too there's another term like polyamory or something like that right to where it's only for the man so the woman can't do it only the man can and they'll use this out of context verse, you know, the you know, yeah, what was your question? Well, when we were out that night, uh, downtown, and we were talking, and, um, the women actually spoke to me, and I was talking to, like, an officer and someone else down there, and the woman said something to right. me, so I turned to respond, and they didn't Nope, you don't hey, do that. Don't you speak to her. Don't do that. Yep, like, yep. Yeah, you, know, so they really got upset about yep. you can't do that, so they're protective about their women, wives, you know, so, um, all right, so you have one West. This is particularly the branch we're uh, going to be uh, main, mainly mainly uh, going over. Actually, uh, one note about that. how many one of the gods does have what we would call a large congregation. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's large congregation, but the best way to determine how many are there are is by their feast days. But not everybody goes to their feast days, uh, so they will have like a yearly feast where all the GOCC members, all the is, and not together. <laughs> they don't have their feast day together. Um, it's like maybe they'll have one in Harlem for the ISUPK, and and all of them will gather. And so, and then you got to think about all the non-camp members, the guys you're just going to, the the Lone Ranger Israelites that are on the um, computer just trying to proselytize, you know, his family, you know. He's not in a camp, you know, so it's it's impossible to figure it out. Oh, so those actually exist where they're just like Lone Ranger. Yep. And, and the camps will make fun of them. Like, they'll say, you, you know, they'll, like, you got to be in the camp, which I kind of agree with. Like, you're going to be following these teachings. You got to be in the camp. Like, because the non-camp members have no influence. So, like, but those will be, like, the craziest ones. Like, like doctrinally. Because they have no, like, here's what you got to believe. There's no orthodoxy. They just, like, there's one guy. He claims to be, uh, he claims to be actually reincarnate Christ. So, but he's not in the camp, so I don't want to paint all them. So, all right, this this picture is actually, let me promote a book. Uh, Brother Vocab Malone, uh, he wrote a book called Br- Barack Obama versus the Black Hebrew Israelites, where I believe it gives a good introduction, a good primer. It's not exhaustive on this movement. And uh, just this book might have been written a year ago, and I can tell you at least four camps that are not on there. Yes. I'm sorry, but who is vocab Malone. Yeah. Uh, he's he's been on the dividing line. He he's been on the dividing line. Um, he's a Christian, just Christian apologist who's been, um, I guess, centered around you know addressing the Black Hebrew Israelites. Um, so, yeah, good brother. Any questions? Okay. So this will be the what's called One West. I'll define that in a second. And this will be non-One West. So. Me and uh, me and Landon debated someone who is a c- particular in a camp uh, non one West. His name is uh, Zadok. He's actually a Christian rapper in a, a label called God Over Money. How he got into a Christian rap label? I've addressed my concerns. It hasn't been answered. So he actually rejects uh, the doctrine of justification by faith alone, and he rejects Jesus being being God. Yet yeah, he can go into Christian churches. And teach that. I've told them how I felt about it. I've told told these people, you know, but that's what it is. So all right, One West. So the major difference between One West uh and non-One West is really the extreme. Uh you won't catch non-one westers on the streets. You just won't. They you know, they don't go out there. Um and one west one west stems from the Harlem based uh camp camps and non-one west particularly streams from um a Chicago Chicago bay so different areas uh, you know sometimes different theologies i say sometimes because a lot of times you will meet non-one westers who believe exactly what the extreme camps do it they're just a mo- little bit more cordial about it sure. and so you know usually you'll be uh you'll experience that and so I do want to get into analysis like what what is it that is attractive? Um, Here's here's a couple of my reasons. So victimization, we are living in a culture where. Everybody's a victim, especially in the minority culture, it's it is it is I know it was taught to me growing up, the white man's the problem, the you know, the reason why you can't get a job, why mom can't get a job, your dad ain't here the white man. You know, you could hear that growing up. I, I was taught to say it's because I'm black, right? You know, it's like most of us who are minorities were probably taught a lot of that thinking. And I think that is what actually um, attracts people to this. Just imagine being on the street corner and you believing like, man, yeah, man, I, I am kind of, you know, the reason why all these things is happening to me is because, you know, I'm, I'm I'm black. So they'll come, brother, you want to know why? yo 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 credit bad you want to know why you own food stamps because we're the cursed people of god you know that's right you know you'll hear all that and like man you'll be like you know if you're already buying into that you'll be like man maybe maybe i am an israelite you know and so it's very uh emotional you know and so it can be appealing in that aspect second is faulty foundation a lot of these guys come out of Hyper Pentecostal churches, Joel Osteen type churches, Creflo Dollar. They ain't been learning nothing. And you got a guy for the first time reading Bible verses to him, explaining what it means. And so just from that appeal, you're like, man, this guy has some knowledge. At least he's telling me what it means rather than us shouting for an hour, you know. And so that can be attractive. Whereas you weren't getting any knowledge. Now this guy seems to have wisdom. Second is the or third is the identity issues and the father, fatherlessness. So I can relate to this. I grew up without my father and um, I was a product of victimization. So that can cre- create like identity issues. Right. You're not having a father, you know, being there for you. And, and you have now you have this strong black male coming to you, telling you you're important. Don't you know? Don't you know God loves you? You know what I mean? So that can appeal from an emotional standpoint to where you're like, man, I am important. Why? Because you're an Israelite, and and so, yeah, man, that can create some uh, emotional uh, stems too. Yes. Yeah, I would tell that person, uh, yeah, there are atrocities that happen, you know, but they happen mainly because we live in a fallen world, not particularly because you're black. Now, I'm not saying there aren't races, you know, but they happen because you live in a fallen world, not because you're an Israelite. Like, how they make that connection, I'm not really sure. Uh, Fourthly is community. Here's actually something I do applaud them on, because there are a few days where they're not hanging out with each other when they're not in a classroom studying or I don't like to call it studying. They're getting brainwashed. They're getting taught what to believe about the verse rather than exegetically falling through what the verse is saying. But they are always around each other. Ru- uh, joke around the Hebrews like community is if someone gets a new sock, everybody knows about it. Like stuff where you think like, man, it's irrelevant. Like, uh, just to show their closeness um and the things that you know happen in there so in one sense i don't you know although it can be manipulative like there's always meaning every day you got to be here at this time <coughs> brothers lose jobs brothers lose family brothers lose wives Brother, i mean you lose <laughs> when you're obligated to be here five days six days a week like it's a job something's gonna cut right Some some guys have lost jobs. Some some people have lost, you know, wives. Um, Next is leeching. Um, I call it that because so in minority communities, particularly the church is actually seen as like a pillar. Like and a value of importance, like man, I know, like they may not be Christian, but they're going to go to the church for help, like or like I know growing up, I mean, Hey, you don't cuss in church. You you don't, you don't you don't you don't do nothing bad in church. But you know, as soon as you get out, you, you know. So the church is it has a level of respect in m- minority communities. I'm not saying that these people are are you know necessarily saved because they have that. But what Black Hebrew Israelites will do because of that is every every thing you'll listen to, particularly on the street camps, they'll be attacking the church. So they actually need Christianity to establish themselves. And so any video, um, even in that video, we are walking up, who is this? And it's like, I don't know. I don't know who that guy is. You know, you know, um, they're always attacking the church to gain a platform. Because if you can defeat the church, you get immediate credibility in a lot of these, you know, a lot of these people they run into, you know, because they'll cl- a lot of people they run into claim to be Christians. So if you can show that Christianity just produces what they would say, homosexuals, um, uh, all these things, uh, lawlessness, then somebody maybe want to take a step back and be like, well, I need to get with y'all. So that, I, I think that's important to why people get, those are all reasons why I think people get into that. Um, next, I want to segue into their language is, uh, their, the language barrier can be a little difficult. Um, you know, they speak a more vibrato, uh, you know, urban language, you know, so if you're not used to that, you know, uh, it can be a little, a little different. So, Lashawan Kodash. Now, this phrase is actually found in rabbinic traditions, but the thing is, it's called Loshan by, Kodesh by by Jews. So, it just shows that these guys, like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that they stole the language, but they did steal the phrase. Like, that phrase is not it's not new, like, before the, you know, uh, before. so a l- common argument they'll give is, you know, Jesus, right? The letter J was invented five, 600 years ago. The white man made that up. We all know that, <laughs> you know? It's like, it's an axiom. You're like, brute fact. Like, we know that, right? So they'll say things like that. And, and let me show you a little how it works. So, right, what is the Hebrew term for, for peace, Shalom, shalom, right? That's how they would say it. Shalom. So, <laughs> and some of these people actually uh disagree on the name of 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 uh, God. It's like some camps will call him Yahweh, Yahawah. GOCC actually says Ahaya. And they'll have heated debates over the name of God, right? Because under the name of Yahya shall no name no, no one you know shall men be saved. So they take that literal, like you got to have the literal name correct, or you won't be saved. And so they'll have a. Let me okay, I'll, I'll get to that later. But uh, I want to segue into their hermeneutic because I actually believe this is the foundation of what drives their exegesis. A lot of people want to start at Deuteronomy twenty-eight, but I believe before we get there, we got to start here. Brother, you want to read uh, Deuteronomy uh, Isaiah twenty-eight ten for me? I need I need the Hebrew Israelite reading. You know what I'm saying? Let me let me get yeah. Let me give me Isaiah twenty-eight ten precept. In the book of Isaiah twenty-eight ten, what precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. So what they take that to mean is, that's right, that's right, that's exactly right. That's right, you'll hear somebody like scream that, that's right, you know, uh, yell it out, you know, uh, what they take that to mean is, we can hopscotch all over the Bible. Don't you know you can't read the Bible like a, a, a book? It's God's word. So they actually believe like the Bible is like a puzzle piece, and only they can unlock it what does that sound like that sounds like Gnosticism to me like only we so a lot of times you'll be arguing with them and you'll like say maybe uh Brother Land will be arguing with uh, one Wester and he'll make a good point about the deity of Christ and they'll be like this why this why Gentiles shouldn't even be reading the Bible this why they shouldn't even be reading this see because you know but it's like what about the point I just made what's that you know And so and secondly, you don't see any elders being qualified to be as Israelites in the uh, pastoral epistles or deacons happen to be Israelites. That's not mentioned. And so they'll usually go there. So actually, and I think somebody I think you might have mentioned it. They take precept to mean a verse or a line. Precept is is a command, not a verse, because ultimately they would have to read the verse like this. This would have to be in their interpretive grid. For line must be upon line, line upon line, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. You see the absurdity of that? Can, you, uh, can somebody read me Isaiah twenty-eight thirteen? Because this verse actually contradicts their whole uh, presentation of how we are to jump around the Bible. You got that for me? So the word of the Lord to them will be order on order, order on order, line on line, line on line, a little here, a little there, that they may go and stumble backward, be broken, snared, and taken captive. Uh, so when I use this hermeneutic, am I going to be broken and snared? This Isaiah is actually rebuking the people for their <laughs> immaturity that he has to keep repeating these things because they're not getting it. They're on the milk. This isn't an interpretive grid on how to read the Bible. A second question I ask, if this is something Isaiah is presenting, how did they read the Bible before Isaiah pinned this? I mean, how do they know to read Genesis 1-1, not like a novel, until Isaiah came around? So it's just, you know, I've heard some answers to that, but it's, it's really just silly. So ultimately they would have, you know, if this is the hermeneutic found in Isaiah, they didn't know how to read the Bible for a long time and so, uh, that's pretty interesting. Uh, they are, they are the most extreme historical revisionists I've ever seen. Um, let me read this. Christopher Columbus used this part of the Bible, Apocrypha, to find the lost tribes of Israel in America. Yeah, that was what he was doing, right? No, you know, like, (laughs) so, um, they, they will believe, you know, Protestants removed these books in the 1800s. Uh, no, you know, so some, something else. Uh, so so they'll show pictures like this. Don't that look like a don't that look like a black man, right? Come on. Who is that? King James. Now, the reason why King James wrote this Bible is because he wanted the people of God to know who they really are. If you look at the index, he says Zion. Now, Only an Israelite would say Zion. So that would be like an argument they would make, (laughs) you know. So (laughs) just like real, like, wait a minute. I know pasty white, you know, uh, you know, people that say Zion, you know, like that doesn't prove you're an Israelite. I mean, you know, so they'll they'll uh, and, and they'll say like James actually means black. So Stuart. okay. Okay, okay, but but even that argument, I know some people who got the last name white and are black, and some people who got the latest name black who are white, so it's like, that's not an argument, and so <laughs> dealing with them, you're going to experience a lot of that uh, historical revisionism. Matter of fact, you can see this on um, that debate with James White where um, Elder Rakaw, one of the arguments he's making is, uh, give me my book back. That's my people book. You're a Jesuit. You don't need to have that book in your hand. King James wrote that for us, but you know, King James didn't write that. But anyways, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get we'll get into that uh, in the next session. This I just want to provide a historical um, outlook and maybe things to get to get into before you even discuss their theology, because a lot of times this you'll be preaching to them and think you're tracking and you're not. You'll be like hey, the man, that's why you need to repent and turn to Christ. What they hear is you need to worship the white man. you know what I mean? They think an invitation to Christianity is an invitation to join the white man and I guess become a, a sellout, so you have to define those things but the, the, when we're talking about that language barrier. you have to define and be very clear more so than you probably would with your average person on the street and. Okay, they collaborate. He's not on the, in the artist's he's not on the
1: roster. Okay.
0: Uh, And that kind of lends to the ignorance in the the general Christian realm as they associate with him, not really knowing what he believes. Right. And this is why it's good to know about it. Right. I was going to play this clip, but we're running out of time, so I'm just going to move past it. Uh, But this is their, I'll talk about this real quick, the 12 tribes of Israel. This is like the starter, starter pack one-on-one for a Hebrew Israelite. you got to have this 12 tribes of, tri- of Israel chart. And where they get this chart is Genesis 49. You're like, I don't remember it telling me blacks were of the tribe of Judah. Yeah, I mean, me neither. But uh, could somebody read, I'll do this real quick, Genesis 49, 14, and 15. I'll give you an example of how they how they get this. is now, who's this a car? The Mexicans, right? So, listen to this. Uh, verse fifteen. Oh y'all. <laughs> he saw that a resting place was good, and that the land was pleasant, so he bowed his shoulder to bear and became a servant at forced labor. Now, who came a servant at forced labor? Right. So it'll be like really discriminating stuff, like. I know the Mexicans work hard, and they, you know, like, catch him out of the, you know, like, it's really, like, racist, like, wait a minute, like, you know, like, and and th- and from, from what it seems like, all these explanations of these verses are a discriminative outlook on society and importing them back on the text, so it looked like Ariya what he did, it was just like, I mean, he's in New York, so he's experiencing a lot of diverse cultures, and he looks at them, and reads that in the text and says that's how they're the people of God. Is he the one who made this? Part? Yeah, a lot. I actually have doubts about Arya creating it. I actually believe Abba Bivens, um is heavily influenced. Um, Arya. The thing is, mo- none of the camp leaders alive today has ever met Abba Bivens except Arya. So I mean, I got my doubts, but. Most camps will be like, yeah, Arya created it. Nevertheless, okay, then he did it, you know. Um, so, yeah, they just would get, and there's other verses like that where it's just a discriminative outlook on people and are important and saying, well, that's them. Now, some camps will differ on that. And so you'll have varying, um, and some, yeah, charts, you'll have more people included. And so it's a little strange when you're like, wait a minute. Matter of fact, IUIC just updated theirs, and they have a 13, and the 13 says, anyone else, like, who was taken from, (laughs) like, (laughs) it's like, wait a minute, like, what camp are they, though, you know? And so, um, I'll end there, and we'll start off, yes, well, last question. Yep. Mm -hmm. And they go house to house. Right, right, right. White man's eagle. Your prayers will everything. Right, right. I said, look, you show up to judgment day with an imperfect, limited Christ. Right, a created right. Christ, right? Exactly. So have, have 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 you kind of come in contact with any Hebrews like that the to the Christ? Never, no, no. never. So they all have like an Aryan view. Jesus is God, kind of like, kind of. Most of them are Henotheistic, yeah, yeah. Um, like god the father is the main god and you have jesus kind of like the almighty yeah kind of they have like a jehovah's witness view but i don't know how they're really struggling to stay monotheistic i'll say that They're, they're struggling um i'll say this last thing and we'll end um because in two years i've been engaged in this group i've seen more developments than anything i've seen more answers to the deuteronomy 28 passages than, than anything. And so what I'm saying is, in in five, ten years, this group is going to be unrecognizable. Because now you have what Christi- Christians are engaging these groups, having a heart for it, and now they're having to become a- apologetic. So some camps, they run in their corner, and you don't really hear about them no more. They just do their own thing. Like IUIC, they d- they don't debate no more. I'm trying to schedule a debate with him. They told me no. And so uh, other camps, they are and they're they're coming up with some weird doctrines. And so I say that to to you know put hope in you guys to say you know the Lord has a sheep in there and um you know hopefully you know you have a burden for it and just to see that the you know the they they're not they're not really secure on anything. Anything's up for grab except the, them being Israelites. So I hope that was helpful and we can go to worship.